Hi, I'm Melinda. And I'm Raphael. And we're the Colognes. We are a married couple running a successful professional services marketing agency that is focused on providing support services to AEC and CRE firms. We're excited to now be expanding our ability to connect with marketing and business development leaders through this podcast. Our mission is to provide as much value as we can and offer our suggestions on relevant tools and resources. Join us where we'll interview experts, cover solutions to your marketing challenges, and share our take on how to combat bottlenecks in your marketing efforts. Sprinkled with some laughs and some good, good, clean clean fun. fun. (laughs) Predictions of a new normal in commercial real estate. When you say that, honey, I just got to tell you, like, (laughs) I feel like you're um, introducing like a movie or something like that. I don't know what you mean. Let's talk about retail and commercial aspect. Oh, Lordy. Well. It's been a wallop in terms of COVID, lockdowns, another weirdness in the last two years. Mm -hmm. So it has affected the commercial real estate aspect. So what does it mean? That's forecasting, looking into our crystal ball, or at least putting it out there, what's going to happen in the industry. I wish I could just predict what was what is will happen in you know in the industry, but just overall across the country, across the world. If I could make a prediction just based off of one of the leading factors in our country, which is looking at the housing market and how it has imploded and then exploding after, you know, post-pandemic, I would say that The biggest challenge is identifying what retail uses are, like which classes of retail will be impactful to local and, you know, environments, whether that's like right down the street near our shopping centers and malls, because there there has to be a response to the housing demand. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. But in terms of we were discussing earlier about how this demand in housing so let's say a developer builds these multifamily units where people can live in. And I know they have some a lot of people work from home, but what do they do for their entertainment, for their groceries? So outside of there, that's where other spaces like retail spaces are bound to pop up or ones that are already established there might have to reconfigure to meet the demands of an increasing population in that area. I, yes, exactly. And if there wasn't such a demand for housing, I would say that there would be more mixed use type environments or just kind of popping up in and around metro areas. But I just don't know if there's enough time in the timeline and also looking at the supply issues that we are still triggered with, whether or not that makes sense for, you know, investors to, you know, invest in a where there's retail on the, the ground floor and then housing on the top. However, long-term, there is definitely a huge return versus just popping up sick buildings all around with you know apartments and leasing communities and things like that. So I'm not sure. I, I feel like it just gonna, it's going to depend on where they're located. Definitely for us, you know, here headquartered here in central Mid- Florida, yeah. We see a lot of the stick buildings popping up left and right with no retail attached to them. So there it's kind of concerning for us, you know, it's kind of concerning for residents of central Florida, because that means that 
those retail facilities or structures will actually have to take up more land and more space. Resources. And resources, right. So there's two sides of it. You know, there's two perspectives. It's as a resident, you know, it's, a, you know, it's something interesting and challenging in, in terms of what my taxes are going to look like in this community, in this county, and down to the city level. And then there's on the, from the investment side and commercial construction, it, there's definitely a lot of opportunities for more, more growth and development. And I think that there is, I think there are, there's an area of gray that's still, you know, it has to be identified and defined by those that are involved in it, like building those relationships with community like we see with a lot of our clients who are project representatives or construction managers who are out and doing the work and building, constructing, and they are faced with the community. They're faced with community leaders and stakeholders and um, in residents and having to respond and address those challenges. But I feel like there's some gray area where what what if that response is, hey, you know what, instead of waiting in line at Target for an hour and a half, we're putting up another target in this area to meet the needs, meet the demand is going to exist for long term. So, so you're seeing a, like a better integration? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because I mean, the whole target scenario is totally real. I mean, the other day I went to Target and I, I it felt like an hour and a half. It probably was about 20 minutes, but long enough, you know, first world problems. So just looking at the long line that wraps through the girl section of the store just t- really tells me on a m- midday afternoon tells me that there is a demand and um, you know, somebody needs to respond to it because it's getting out of control and that might drive people away from these communities because they're not, they're not feeling like they're responding, whether that's like city officials and investors that believe in developing in communities, they're just not responding. So it's a give and take. I think it's a push and pull throughout the entire delivery of that. And when we're working in this industry, we're signing up for, you know, building a better tomorrow and increasing the way people get to engage, live, work and play every day. So that's the end result. What does retail look like? I mean, I don't know, but these are just my projections. What are yours? Well, I wanted to go back to talk about also being in industry. We want to solve problems in terms of space because that's what we do. We build structures around space and people inhabit inhabit them and they have different uses for them. So how can we integrate that to the community that's already there established and make sure that it's a cohesive whole? It's, It's like you said, it's very tricky to try to define that gray area. And trying to get both builders and community leaders so that it can be good for those new people coming in to become soon to be residents and also those who currently live here. For sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in terms of what retail is going to look like tomorrow and today and long term future, I just feel like we're going to see a mixed bag of industrial, you know, warehouses like supporting online retailers like Amazon. But then we're Definitely going to see the immediate demands of, you know, going to a grocery store or, you know, getting your kids soccer gear the night before because they just told you about it. Yeah. Those are real problems. And I mean, who wants to buy a couch online? You just need to sit in it and make sure that it's not too low to the ground and you're not going to have to do squats when you try to get up. So like there are all these things that are real that impact everyone. And so is retail going away? I don't think is retail going away. I think that it's going to change a little bit in the way that we we think 
it should look like. And that's really the new normal that I'm that I think we're talking about today. Is it going to be possible or is it is it going to be realistic to have you know, five different shopping centers within a five mile radius or 10 mile radius of your home. I don't know if it will. I think retail is still going to be behind the demand um, just because, you know, as a country, we're still behind as a demand in housing and we will be for a long period of time, at least two years, two and a half years. You know, as, as far as right now, we're just thinking about, you know, what that looks like and how we can solve that issue and that problem. And what you were alluding to before about, well, yeah, there's housing. Yes. And then the retail is a response to that because it's feeding a demand. But then what we're standing on and what we're driving on the roads and bridges, those are huge, hugely impacted. Um, we were not designed some of them for the amount of use that they're mm-hmm. currently experience. I mean, I got to tell you, have to go in there and, you know, yeah. hopefully and update that or find some other way to alleviate that another bridge, another way to get there. So it's a lot of it has to be a lot of pre-planning and forward thinking to avoid headaches and possibly tragedies in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, just look at the, our main road. Like when you drive out of our neighborhood, our main road looks like a quilt. Okay. It's like patched to the gills, just patched and repatched and patched with these potholes. And it's down the road miles. It's just, I know that there, I know the process and I know that there's some budget and all that stuff that happens in the behind, in the background, but I'm just talking as a resident and just thinking about, okay, how can I envision that there's going to be newness in this area? It's, it's challenging. It's hard to see that and see that as a good thing, but being in this industry, I know better, you know, we know better because we're, proposing for in partnership with our clients on retail, multifamily, commercial roads and bridges, like just the spectrum of work all the time. We're just leading those proposal efforts. So we know we can see that public and private clients are really thinking about that. And they're, they're really kind of getting ahead of the trends, the trends. So um, that's really exciting. That's a great thing, but you know, it's not widely known. So I think that, you know, I think there's going to be a demand for industrial. I think that we're going to see a lot more industrial warehouses and they're going to be, I mean, of course there are some challenges with putting them near a residential communities, but I, I do think that there is going to be an increase in, in industrial because it's just responding to having your groceries and your packages delivered to your door. And that's just, a way of, in, yeah. yeah, it's just kind of, connected and integrated with retail. And as far as restaurants and, and, you know, that type of luxury, I just feel like that's going to have to exist. Um, we're just getting more used to going out and going to restaurants and, you know, whining and dining without masks. And so it's a luxury that we have and that we're, you know, when I talk to my friends and family, they're just all grateful to have it. So I think that there is something to say about just like getting out of the house and breaking away from the busyness and, and just experiencing that environment again. So I think the new normals is going to look similar to what it what it has looked like before, but just with some tweaks and adjustments to the readiness and the availability that we will end up having. Looking at your crystal ball, that said you were going to pull it out, but you pulled it out. <laughs> so let's put it away and not tell them that that's, you, you know, can see. My crystal ball is like on my keychain. That's how big it is. No, I'm kidding. I don't have a crystal ball. But if anybody wants to buy me a crystal ball and send it to me, we'll totally give you our PO box. I just, I feel like it's important for us as marketing professionals and researchers and strategic marketers to really think about and plan appropriately for our clients and just really kind of get that perspective before it hits their desk. And, you know, before it becomes their problem, 
start to build and, and engage and, and connect with community leaders and stakeholders. And if you're working on a project, if you have a team that's already working on a project and a community and you know that something's going to be popping up in the area, you might as well take an opportunity, take the advantage that you have and build relationships in that community. Why not? Even if it's not your project, why not? You know, you you want to be known and that's how you brand your business. You know, the way that you work from in the office and then out in the field. And sometimes the translation is not always clear, not not always, you Smooth. know smooth and equal, but it is really important to have within this sea of sameness and what will be and will be a topic that we will cover in a future podcast is acquisitions and mergers in the last few years um, and how that's impacting some companies and how there have been a just pop-ups of new little, you know, firms everywhere that have been niched down to the gills, but there are successfully competing with bigger firms. So what, what does that look like? How do we differentiate? How do we keep standing out? How and what will make us better and different and unique? And it comes down to this industry is relationship built. So even though I'm, you know, I'm just making jokes about our road and it is the impact that the community has and the community is the client of your clients. And if you know what is, you know, challenging them and what they're hearing as a complaint all the time, what they know is affecting them, will affect them. And you come to them and you talk about that opposed to, oh, um, I want to work on another project with you in the future. It's really not going to sink. You know, it's not going to sink the way that you want it to. It's really going to just pass them because they're to their eyeballs in challenges from permitting all the way through. Just think about it, all of the challenges that they're having. And so if we look at it and we utilize our skill set as residents and community members, we can actually do some damage in terms of improving our brand in our company's impact in those communities and building those relationships beyond the projects because that's really where people want to be. They want to know that they're cared for. They want to know that you care about them beyond the project. And in a sense, you become a stakeholder too. That's right. Exactly. So yeah, those are my thoughts for today about, you know, the new normal in in the retail market. I feel like it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of the same, but a lot of the new and, and changing. And I think that there's going to be an increase in delivery. And we've seen that across the entire industry. And there's going to be a need to bring more luxury retailers to specific areas. And then there's going to be, you know, quick, quick, fast and dirty type of shell core and shell projects that are going to be popping up left and right. So it's just a matter of being in front of that. So if you're designing and engineering the roads and bridges around those communities, why not have those conversations now? No. <laughs> like it only benefits you because uh, it's all connected. It's all connected. Be their friend now. Uh, don't wait until the RFP hits to then try to build a relationship with them. Then for them, it doesn't make sense. And for you in your firm, it doesn't make sense. So that's my two cents. And that's Tough what love. makes sense. <laughs> that's what makes sense. <laughs> we'll be sense. Come on well. And until next time. See ya. Do you need to improve your marketing department and don't know where to start? Fortis OVM offers 
in-person and virtual one-on-one and group training. Our coaching programs are designed specifically for the marketing department of one and onboarding new team members who are new to the industry. We teach mindset, marketing, and strategy, providing immediate value to your company and marketing department. Whether you're struggling to prioritize your marketing initiatives or need help onboarding a new team member, we have the right solutions for you. To learn more, go to www.fortisobm.com.